That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Naturopath Podcast. I am Dr. Michelle Pobega going solo today for a quick little something that I wanted to touch on that I'm seeing a lot of in clinic. Um, I see this a lot, but it's come up several times just this week alone. Um, And it has to do with having a proper breakfast. Now, some people intermittent fast, some people don't. If you're a woman, you should not be intermittent fasting every day, depending on your hormone cycles. Um, and obviously, if you do decide to do an intermittent fast, you might be shifting your eating window. You might have to play around with what actually works for you. But the real point of today's podcast is that however you break your fast, i.e. breakfast or first meal, it needs to be balanced. I literally had a conversation with a patient yesterday um, and she suffers from anxiety. She's had a lot of stress in the last year. She does work from home. Um, she's not sleeping well. She often feels exhausted. She often feels like she's running on fumes. And we were talking about various things. She has gut health issues. She has this. She has a whole eczema, different things. And I hadn't seen her for a year because she kind of fell off and she resurfaced. And I was like, hey, how are we doing with some of the fundamental basics that we've, we were talking about even in previous appointments? How's your water intake? She's like, honestly, not good. Maybe two glasses a day, maybe a liter if I'm lucky. I'm like, okay, so let's get back on track with that. What about the first meal of your day? Like, what are your eating habits? And she was like, I don't eat when I first wake up because I feel nauseated. And I was like, granted, we're not going to force you to eat something if your body is having a rejection scenario. Although I do believe that's a stomach acid deficiency and a stress response, but that's fine. Um, And I said, that's fine. You don't have to eat right away. She's like, I usually eat after I have my morning workout. Once I've dropped the kids to school, once I've done this, I'll have a workout in the morning and then I typically eat. And I'm like, okay, what are you eating? She's like, maybe one egg, maybe a couple cubes of cheese, She's like, and then by, that's around 11 o'clock. She's like, and then by four o'clock, by the time I have to pick up the kids and make dinner, she's like, I am hangry. She's like, and I might snack on some crackers throughout the day. And I was like, well, herein lies a very big problem. People often don't prioritize a, a breakfast. And I don't always either, depending on my fasting schedule. But a lot of people, more importantly, don't prioritize breaking their fast with a properly balanced meal with sufficient macronutrients to keep you satiated, to nourish your body and to give your body the building blocks and fuel for it to show up for you the way you actually want it to. So I had to remind her what 
proper protein intake and how she should structure her breakfast. Now, if you look at Harvard research studies, they talk about how much protein you should eat. And this was from June, 2023. So the recommended daily allowance for protein is quite modest. Um, it's either 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight or 0.36 grams per pound. So for someone who is approximately 130 pounds, 5'6", as a female, you are looking at about four, I, I calculated this, I believe it was about 48 to 50, 46.8 grams of protein in a day. Now, I want people to realize that these RDAs, they're usually the amount of nutrients to you need to meet your basic nutritional requirements to keep you from getting sick. Like it's the absolute minimum you should be showing, um, uh, aiming for. Just like when I talk about reference ranges with medical tests, there is the reference range and then there's optimal range. The RDA is a suggestion that you meet this minimum so that you don't fall into a uh, at risk of X, Y, and Z diseases or malnutrition mal, mal, uh, or nutrient deficiencies. But it doesn't mean just hitting that little bit of minimum is going to be what your body needs to maximize your body's ability to show up for you, to function optimally, and for you to feel great on a day-to-day -day basis. So there's a lot about protein right now. And I want to be very specific because I find when it comes to that first meal, when it comes to breakfast specifically, people don't eat enough protein. They tend to prioritize carbohydrates. Um, and everyone always comes to me um, bragging about how they eat a bowl of oatmeal for breakfast as if it's a badge of honor. And I think we've a little been we've been a little bit misled about oatmeal. Don't get me wrong. Some types of oatmeal breakfasts are not absolutely terrible. But if you're eating instant oats, maple, maple syrup and brown sugar, cinnamon, instant oats, you're basically just getting carbs on carbs on carbs with no fats, very little fiber because they're refined oats at this point in time to be instant oats, no healthy protein and almost no nutrient density to actually equate to a proper meal because your breakfast should really not be any different than any other meal you eat in a day. There should be a certain structure to this. There should be a balance of your macronutrients. So instant oats, not great. Having a croissant is not great. Having an apple strudel or a Pop-Tart, no. Having a bowl of cereal, not going to cut it. Having a piece of bread with some jam on it, it's carbs covered with sugar. Like it's not doing us any justice. In a world that's metabolically dysregulated, that's metabolically unhealthy, that is dealing with rises in obesity, that struggles with type 2 diabetes, that struggles with cardiovascular issues, that from my perspective struggles with chronic inflammation and microbiome dysbiosis, that struggles with chronic stress and higher incidence of like anxiety and depression and mood dysregulation issues, having just starting your day with just carbs covered in sugar is basically perpetuating all those problems. And I often tell people, especially when they struggle with energy issues or anxiety and depression, I say, if your blood sugar is not well-regulated, 
then neither is your stress response. And then your mood is going to follow suit and your energy is going to follow suit. You're going to be on a roller coaster throughout the day and you're going to have high highs and low lows. So it's important to break your fast with sufficient macronutrients. Now, I think that there's a lot of schools of thought and how much protein should be at every meal. Some people say no less than 20. Some people say you should be aiming for 30 grams of protein with every meal. And for a lot of my clients, when they have not been prioritizing this, especially at their first meal to break their fast, it's hard to feel like you can eat 30 grams of protein and going from eating almost none to eating a relatively substantial amount, especially when we want to be able to be efficient in the morning with our time and in our, in our energy, as we try to get out the door and shuttle our families out the door and get lunches packed and all these kinds of things. So I say, you know, if you're eating one egg, that might be six to seven grams of protein for a large egg. And people are shocked when I actually tell them this and I break it down. They're like, yeah, I usually have an egg and then I might have a piece of toast. And I'm like, okay, well, an egg is only about six to seven grams. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yes, start looking at the labels. You don't have to get obsessive about it, but start educating yourself and looking at these things. And eventually it's just going to be commonplace for you to know what to eat without having to be obsessive over, over labels and reading ingredients and things like that. You'll just start becoming, more, it'll be like just second nature to start creating a more balanced meal. So to meet 20 grams minimum, you're going to have to have two to probably three eggs. Let's just say that gives us to 20 to 21 grams, three eggs or two eggs and something else. So you might want to have, like sometimes I'll have two eggs and I'll bowl some edamame and I'll have that with some veggies in the morning um, or I'll have some bacon with my eggs as well or I'll have some breakfast sausage or I'll even just have a leftover sausage from the night before or I'll have some chicken or I'll have some whatever. So it's a matter of starting to understand how your plate needs to look and starting to just know what portion of something ballpark equals X amount of protein. So for instance, three ounces of tuna, salmon, haddock, or trout is about 21 grams of protein, according to this Harvard article. Um, three ounces of cooked, tur cooked turkey or chicken is about 19 grams. Six ounces of plain Greek yogurt is 17 grams. Half a cup of cottage cheese, 14 grams. Um, half a cup of cooked beans, eight grams. Uh, that kind of stuff starting to look at these things helps you understand how to navigate these waters. Um, I find one to two eggs. And if you can do like a really good Greek yogurt, if you can do a little bit of cottage cheese, I'll off, I often do uh Buffalo kefir, which is thick, like a yogurt and it's delicious. And I find that Buffalo dairy tends to be less of an irritant for a lot of people, less inflammatory. People don't have as much of a food sensitivity reaction to the buffalo milk. So I'll do that, which that has protein in it and some berries on top and then sprinkle some hemp hearts. And now I have a much more balanced meal. Or we could do a bit of an avocado with some kimchi and three eggs and then maybe some green beans on the side. And that would be a breakfast. That's not... It's not necessarily a bad thing to start looking at your breakfast like you do every other meal. Have some veggies, have some color. Berries are low glycemic, so they're not going to spike your blood sugar like having a mango. Um, we want to always 
prioritize our plates so that majority of it are some type of nutrient dense greens, low glycemic fruits and fibers. Um, so sauteed veg on the side with your eggs is really great. Um, I love fermented food with my eggs. Like I said, I love some kimchi with my eggs. It gives me some like gut microbiome nutrient dense foods along with my healthy fats from the egg yolks and the protein from the egg whites. Um, there are a few other things that I want to give as an example for say rounding out a breakfast. So instead of just having two eggs, which is like I said, between 12 to 14 grams of protein, maybe you have to increase it to about three eggs and then some hemp parts. And like I said, some green beans or edamame or peas or um, some, some nut butter and fruit or something like that along with your eggs. Uh, instead of just having an oatmeal, I would say do a steel cut oats and I usually tell people to do half steel cut oats overnight with chia seeds. So now you've really upped your healthy fats and fibers with that. And it's less of just the carbs from the oats. Spoon in some healthy um, fatty, uh, fats like some MCT oil or coconut oil in the morning when you warm it up. Um, and I'll have them add a whole bunch of nuts and seeds and some hemp parts. You can add a scoop of protein powder in there too, and some fresh berries and cinnamon. And that makes a much more complete oat based breakfast rather than just having instant oats instead of just having a fruit and a coffee, like a banana, which is often a very common thing. A lot of people grab that. Like I just have a banana and then I have a coffee and then I run out the door. That banana is going to spike your blood sugar. And then you're eventually going to crash. Uh, you might want to have a protein shake. Maybe that's something quick and easy for you to do. And sometimes I tell my clients, you know, pre-portion things in little containers or little baggies to have in the freezer that already has um, some spinach or some kale or some mint or basil or something beautiful like that to give it flavor, some fresh berries, some sliced bananas, some chia and flax seeds, dump it all into your blender, add your nut milk um, or wa and or water, add your protein powder. And add some sort of healthy fat, like add a bit of avocado or something in there. And then that becomes a more balanced meal. We have protein, we have fiber, we do have some carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are not bad, but when just consumed in high volume, especially refined in isolation, they will cause a roller coaster with your blood sugar and all those other problems I listed earlier in the episode. But if we balance out our, our smoothie this way, you have the protein, you have fiber, you have nutrients you have from the veggies and the fruits, you have um, healthy fats as well. So you're kind of touching on all your basis. Um, have leftovers for goodness sake from the night before. Just make extra and make sure that that is your first meal. I find people have a hard time with breakfast and it doesn't always have to be animal protein to get your protein. So if you are able to have cottage cheese, have some cottage cheese. Um, if you're able to have some tofu, have some tofu. If you want to have a big bowl of beans, like black beans or something like that with a with an egg, if you're able to eat eggs as a vegetarian, then go for that. If you want to have some tempeh, that works too. Greek yogurt, that helps. It doesn't always have to be animal protein. Um, so we just want to look at that. And then you want to look at all the other things that you can have. For instance, green peas, one cup is about 8.6 grams of protein. If you have a cup of asparagus, it's about 4.4 grams of protein. If we have artichokes, 
um, 4.8 grams of protein uh, per one cup mushrooms per one cup is four grams of protein. So by adding certain veggies, everything has some amino acids. So you're able to maximize it, but this is where not just having a carby breakfast comes into play, having the vitamins, having the nutrients, having the variety, having the fresh produce at your breakfast is key. And I find that this, this shift, if you have to, let me just find my words, this shift in prioritizing the first meal you eat every day to ensure that it's balanced whether that is a pro a breakfast at 7 a.m. or if you're doing intermittent fasting, you eat your meal at 10 a.m. or you break your fast at 12 p.m. depending on where you are in your menstrual cycle as ladies or however you're moving through the day as men, you need to break your fast wisely. Have the fiber, have the color, have the healthy fats, have the protein. It doesn't mean you can't have carbs, but that should not be the sole thing on your plate, period, end of story. Carbs are not the enemy, guys. This is not what this podcast episode is about. But what I'm finding is that when people start to prioritize those often missing pieces of the puzzle at their breakfast, it is a game changer. People come back and they're like, my energy has been way more stable. My sleep has been better. My mood has been better. My ability to work out has improved. My ability to think clearly has been better. So I urge you to start making these kinds of changes sooner than later. Go online, look for recipes. or If it's things that you can make the night before, like an overnight oats or pre-plan a smoothie and just prep it so that when you wake up in the morning, you just blend it and out the door, so be it but don't neglect all the other macronutrients you need to sustain your energy, to sustain your body and to fuel your body's operations properly. Man, breakfast, it's an underrated, underrated meal of the day. And most of us are so busy that we just don't know how to really prioritize it. And I get that. And I feel for you. So take what you can from this. Start adding a little bit more bang to your breakfasts. And it might not be perfect. But if you can start making small adjustments, it's a step in the right direction. And I promise you, your body will thank you. Um, Look up some holistic nutritionists online. Look up recipes online. See what you can do. See if there's some things that you can batch cook to make your mornings easier. If it's just a matter of having a few hard boiled eggs, a few pieces of cheese and some berries, that's still better than a piece of toast, guys. So that's that's my hot take on how you should be breaking any kind of fast with a breakfast or whatever meal your first meal is. Be kind to your body and your body will be kind to you. Hope everyone is having a great lead up to the holiday season and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.